Technorama Behind the Scenes. The Rebellion. Where are they now? 30 years after the fall of the Empire, our rebel friends disbanded and went their separate ways. Even though they gained fame and fortune from their adventures, not everything was perfect. Han Solo, after a contentious marriage with Princess Leia and two twin children, found the pressures of speaking engagements and raising a family too much to handle. After several years, their marriage fell apart, and soon after the divorce, Han began smuggling and drinking. Nah, what can I say? It's what I do. It's like life's brought me full circle. After smuggling, and then taking down the Empire, and smuggling again, at my age. I regret some things, but after that f***ing Leah went into rehab for the third time, I, I knew it was over. I knew it was over. I still got my friends though, right, Joey? <coughs> See, that old man was wrong. That all-knowing force did nothing for me. Luke Skywalker, Han's brother-in-law, went on to be a successful entrepreneur in the new and emerging marketplace that followed the Empire's fall. Luke opened a highly popular chain called Skywalker Bucks, serving previously rare and only imported coffee across three galaxies. I considered going back to Uncle Owen's farm and restarting the place, but there were too many bad memories there. I used the force and it seemed like a sensible opportunity was coming. A little retooling of the droids and I've got myself some killer cappuccino machines. I'd like a decaf Star Destroyer with cinnamon and no foam. What size? Jawa Jedi or Empire? Empire. At first it may seem like a waste of my Jedi training, but with a simple wave of my hand, they'll order anything I love. 3PO, I said no foam! Don't get technical with me. They'll order anything and like it. I have to use tricks like that when my supplier is Java the Hut. This show is a proud member of Friends in Tech at friendsintech.com. Folks, this is your captain speaking. Technorama. Remember when? Tech, tech, technorama. On this day in tech history. Tech, tech. And now, the news. Tech. What the chuck? Technorama. Welcome to Blockhead Video. A latte. Over there, in the media corner. Technorama. Unfasten your seatbelts to disregard all safety rules. Here your flight crew, Chuck and Craig. Welcome to Technorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. This is the show for May 23rd, 2007. If you're a first-time listener to Technorama, thank you for joining us. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. I am Chuck Tomasi, and playing Jane to my mal is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? <laughs> well, okay, you threw me for a loop there. I'm yeah, the man <laughs> with the guns. That's right. You better stand back. Of course, tonight it would be all about the lightsabers, wouldn't it? That's right. May the forest be with you. Hey, I want to thank the encaffeinated one from the Weird Show for helping us out with that. Moment. Most definitely. Thank you very much. Great voiceover yeah. work from him. The encaffeinated frothy one. 
He doesn't take your coffee either. <laughs> you better be careful. He's a wanted man in ten systems. Wait, I'll get a double shot of espresso in here. He's a wanted man on ten podcasts. <laughs> ten podcasts. <laughs> Coming up in tonight's show, we've got the electromagnetic car seat. We've got uh, places you don't want to put your fingers. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. And lots more Star Wars stuff coming up to help celebrate the 30th anniversary. Stick with us. It's not worth the effort. On this day in tech history for May 23rd, 2007. This is May 23rd. It's the 143rd day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are just 222 days remaining in 2007. It was on this date in 1541 that Jacques Cartier leaves Saint-Malo, France on his third voyage. And on May 23rd, 1911, dedication ceremony is held for the public library. The launch of Belgium's Sabina Line occurs on this date in 1923. The first talking cartoon of Mickey Mouse, The Carnival Kid, is released on May 23, 1929. Also on the same date in 1939, the U.S. Navy submarine USS Squalus sinks off the coast of New Hampshire during a test dive, causing the death of 26 sailors. The remaining 32 crewmen and one passenger are rescued the following day. It was on this date in 1958 that Explorer 1 ceases transmission. And U.S. engineer Thomas Patrick Cavanaugh is sentenced to life in prison for attempting to sell stealth bomber secrets to the Soviet Union on this date in 1985. Happy birthday goes on this date in 1718 to William Hunter, the Scottish anatomist. Also born on May 23, 1734, Franz Anton Mesmer. Australian physician and hypnotist, from which we get the term mesmerized. French explorer Jules Dumont de Ville was born on the state in 1790. English architect Charles Berry was born on the state in 1795. May 23, 1820 is the birthday of James Buchanan Eads, the American engineer and inventor. And German aviation pioneer Otto Lilienthal was born on the state in 48. 1887 is the birthday of Norwegian mathematician Torolf Skolem. And Ulysses S. Grant IV, the American geologist and paleontologist, was born on this date in 1893. And a happy birthday in 1908 to James Bardeen, the American physicist and Nobel Prize laureate. Edward Norton Lorenz, the American mathematician and meteorologist, turns 90 years old today. And Nobel Prize winning molecular biologist Joshua Lederberg turns 82 today. And finally, the inventor of the Moog synthesizer, the late Robert Moog, was born on the state in 1934. And that's the way it was on this day in tech history for May 23rd, 2007. Rev Tim. This is Rev Tim from the Rev Tim Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... Hold your headphones tightly to your ears. Your MP3 treat is coming in the form of Chuck Tomasi from Chuck Chat.
Welcome back. Hey. How are you? I'm still good, man. Okay. Don't hold your breath that long. Oh, okay. Bad idea. Yeah. Want to give well, the, force, the force is with me. Before we get going too far, I want to give the second piece to our base 64 contest. <laughs> All your base are belong to us. This is the second of five parts. The second part is capital D is in David, lowercase O is in Oscar, V is in Victor. Uppercase L as in Larry and the number two. I mean, that's D O V L two. Two uppercase. The D and the L are uppercase. The O and the V are lowercase. Number two. Okay, that's part two. Go back and listen to part one on last week's regular show. And when we get this all put together, you can decode it, find out where it takes you, and tell me what the uh, thing is that you get. It's a mysterious web contest. And if you get it right. You send me your name. If there's more than one person, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, there <laughs> okay, are two people one. listening. Yeah, you and me. <laughs> Three. We're no, not two, qualified yeah. and neither is our family. <laughs> we'll get you a uh, – there's uh, $15 at the iTunes Music Store riding on the line for this one. So there is something tangible this time other than just bragging rights about your geek prowess or prowess or cred or whatever you want to call it. Prowess. Quick shout out to the <laughs> chat room. We've got Archangel SB and Caffeinated One who helped with the voiceover work at the top of the show. Yes, sir. Healed lung. Apparently someone's not feeling well or got shot in the lung. Well, well, we had an iron lung in there a while back, didn't we? Did we? I guess he's getting better. <laughs> I'm feeling much better. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> We've got Hecklestiff, JT from the GigCast. Yay, he's up, man. Karak Sindru, Lord Norbula. Why does that sound like it could be Norb Davis? I think it's Norb. All hail Lord Norbula from the planet Norbula. I, for Norbula one, welcome our Lord Norbula overlord. Everybody's going to want to be overlord and lord and... Yeah. Mad Marv, Mark Shepard, Michael King, Missing Intellect, Nightstar, Ryujin, Tim Elliott, Treason X, and... Welch right, Douglas. Welch right. We already. Have... <laughs> we gotta trying put to come up with the last person in the list, okay? <laughs> Every... Well, then everybody's gonna want to be last, and everybody's gonna have a voiceover when they call in for an email. Well, do what we gotta do. Is that necessarily a bad thing? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Quick look at the listener birthday calendar tells us that May twenty sixth is Eli's birthday. From Israel, if I remember right. The Yukelson? Yes. Is that right? Okay. And the 27th, the very next day, is Tanya from Dancing with Elephants. And I heard rumor that she rocks. That's right. Oh, we're not allowed (laughs) to say that anymore. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. We're in trouble now. Happy birthday, birthday, baby. Shoebop, shoebop. Silence rock, too. You're driving me crazy all night long. Here's a birthday wish for you from the Technorama crew. Happy birthday, birthday, baby. Shoebop, shoebop. Yeah. Okay, 70 for the, Cylons. For the record, you know, I like Cylons just like the next guy, but I do not like that version of Cylon. Cylon karaoke. I don't know. I just got a vision. Yeah, I got a vision of a Cylon standing in a bar doing karaoke with the microphone. <laughs> and little silver ones. On. Yeah. <laughs> 
this thing on. <laughs> if it happens to be your birthday, we wish you a happy birthday as well. Even if you didn't make it, make it to the listener birthday calendar, you might want to consider doing that. So when it eventually does become your birthday, you can get your name shouted out too. We wish you all the best. You can do that by visiting chuckchat.com forward slash wiki. Go to the fun and games section and there you'll find the listener birthday calendar. If you haven't got a clue or if it's just too dang complex, send us a voicemail or call the listener line. You can do that, too, and say, ah, I can't figure out this calendar thing, or just email us. Send your comments to technorama at chuckchat.com. That'll work, too. Are you okay? Uh, not really. Have you been drinking? No. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> I think I um, hit a bad sector in my brain hard drive somewhere. <laughs> you need to run spin right on that. <laughs> Defrag your head. If you happen to be around on Sunday nights, uh, we wish you all the best. And if you happen to have some time on your hands and it's around 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern time, or what would that be, 6.30 Pacific, I think that hits most of the major U.S. time zones, you can figure it out from there. Or, wait, it would be 2.30 GMT, BST, ASAP. You can join us in the chat room and online. We have a live audio stream, so anything that uh, you'll you'll hear this, how it gets recorded raw. Most of the stuff that you hear on the show is recorded anyway. Well, we're all, we're both pretty raw. <laughs> Once in a while, yeah. Craig adds yeah. a few surprises for me. <laughs> you can find that out. Hey, we're going to be right back with the news. We're going to take a quick break and uh, stick with us. There's more Technorama coming up after this. All right. Call the listener line at 206-222-CHAT. Hey kids, where does the pizza go? Pizza go here, Dad. Pizza go where? Pizza go here. And got a few minutes to kill? Come join in the fun at the Pizza Go Here podcast. Random conversation and humor served piping hot. Plus free delivery at pizzagohere.com. It's like pizza for your ears. <laughs> Friends in Tech community. Visit the Fit Forums at forums.friendsintech.com. Good news, everyone. Uh oh, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> oh, I don't like the sound of that. In the news, Dr. Phil, Phil Clark from the Britain Yankee podcast, has sent us. The real Dr. Phil, by the way. For, yeah, he's not a real doctor and he doesn't play one online. This is from theage.com.au. The first A4 color e-paper has been unfurled. This is, A4 is like roughly 8.5 by 11 for you U.S. folks. And it's an LCD put out by who else? LG Philips. Mm -hmm. South Korea's LG Philips LCD has developed the world's first A4-sized color electronic paper, a paper-thin and bendable viewable panel. This sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Look at it. Have you seen a picture of it? The e-paper, which measures 35.9 centimeters across its diagonal, is just 300 micrometers, or 0.3 millimeters, thin. can display up to 4,096 colors, the world's second largest liquid crystal display maker said in a statement. It is designed to be energy efficient, only using power when the image changes on the display. 
This represents the next generation in display technology. Chung E. J. Okay, that wasn't a very good impersonation for somebody named yeah. Chung E. J. Chief Technology Officer. He used to run Chrysler, too. <laughs> and Executive Vice President said in this statement. Good stuff. We'll have a link in the show notes if you want to talk about it. I don't see a rough Costa on here yet. 4,000 colors? That's like CGA, isn't it? It's got to be plenty expensive. Oh, yeah. She's probably like holding one of like three. And how bendable is it? I mean, can you well, look at it. You can hold see the it picture. up and put it in your pocket? You know, I think that's actually the point. Um, you've seen some. Pro- I've seen some prototypes where it does like the window shade type thing where you pull it out and then you just kind of roll it back. You know, it'll roll it back on itself. Okay. Into a, like a cold container, but I don't know. Uh, I will say that something like this will provide for some interesting designs or design ideas. I think it's going to open up a floodgate of more. I don't know. Um, not eccentric, but you know, challenges. I should say, or some more opportunities. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for putting words in my mouth. It might it might be <laughs> a few years before we see some things like this in the cost effective area of consumer products. But this is dealing with color, but there, I've seen pictures of that Sony, um, uh, the ebook reader that's coming out. Yeah. And it looks amazing. And even some of the other ones, I said, oh, who was the other one? There's another one. And it's just, it looks so cool because it doesn't have to have uh, power on it 24-7 to keep the picture there. Once the picture is on there, you know, it's static until it changes it. So the power consumption is real low. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. We'll let you know if we find out more inventions that have this technology. Yeah. And now for the Hacks and Strange Stories. Lenny! Yeah. Hacks and Strange Stories! Whoopee! Whoopee! <laughs> Woot! <laughs> First thing we have is thanks to Mark in Memphis. Lots of uh, listener contributions again this week. Yes. We have the Bioflex Magnetic Universal Therapy Pad Slash Car Seat. So that means you can uh, magnetize your butt as you're driving down the road. For only $129 U.S., the Bioflex Magnetic Universal Therapy Pad promotes improved circulation, enhancing the benefits of therapy and massage, as well as relieving the aches and pains associated with sitting. This magnetic therapy pad can be used at home, on your office chair, or in your car. It's lightweight, portable, and easy to pack for traveling. You know what's funny is... And see his comment there, but um, remember when at the expo that was last year when your car didn't work because you had the the fit refrigerator magnets in there. Yeah, and that's what we were thinking too. Boy, (laughs) you need now, Chuck. You're going to be in this thing going, "Oh, this is great." This is and your credit cards don't work. Then when you, why can't I get in my room? (laughs) You no, because now I have a Faraday wallet. Yeah, Mm. well, it just keeps people from reading your your RFID. But does it keep the magnetic fields from penetrating? Hmm. I don't know. Are you using it? Are you using that wallet? Yeah. You like it? Yeah. I was, I was curious about another. Got my other one on the way back from the UK. In case well, you didn't we, hear the good news. That's right. I, I did hear that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so, that went out on the freestyle feed, by the way. Yeah. So what was the deal? Where did they find it? I, that, I got um, a letter last week from the Glasgow police. Actually, it was the Strathclyde Police Department and said, we found your wallet at the chemist 
uh, of course, this was all via email and conversations and phone call and whatnot. But the the end result was I was not in Glasgow, which further I'm not accusing anybody, but further um, implicates the idea of of theft over lost wallet. Hmm. So yeah, there was no cash in it, but we'll get the wallet back and probably a few canceled credit cards and maybe a picture or two. Wait a minute. I know what happened. What? Wasn't that Ian that lives in Alaska? So does Mark Hunter. What's your point? I think we should look at some podcasters. <laughs> I'm not accusing anyone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that is interesting. So the police department found it. or somebody yeah, turned it They're in going the to department. post it back to me. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Okay, this isn't just Hacks and Strange Stories. This is Hacks and Darwin Award material. <laughs> the Vilcus Plug Dactylo Adapter. Now, this has to be one of their April Fool's items that they posted up here. I don't know. When was it posted? Twelve ninety nine. This just doesn't look right. This looks like... Uh, it's uh, an adapter for power, and it has okay. universal... <laughs> Let me read it. It, it, okay. it. You have to read it straight, man. All right, go for it. Test your power and rejuvenate your psyche. When Russian design studio art lab Liebdev contacted Thinkgeek to exclusively carry an amazing new product, we were pretty stoked. After all, Art Liebdev is the developer of the groundbreaking groundbreaking Optimus Maximus keyboard with OLED screens on every key. I think we've talked about that in the past. That was pretty cool. Yeah. We expected something high-tech and fantastic, but we were completely unprepared for the simple genius of the Vilcus Plug Dactyl Adapter. I keep wanting to say, like, some dinosaur name there. (laughs) Yeah, Pterodactyl Ah, Adapter. It's the Dactyl Adapter. No, it's a Dactylodapter. Dactyloadapter. Dactyloadapter. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Dactylo. I'm seeing too many words in there, but yes, go ahead. D-A-C-T-Y-L-O-A-D-A-P-T-E-R. Dactyloadapter. Thank you, Timmy. Sit down. (laughs) Yes, sir. That was your spelling B word. The Vilcus Plug Dactyloadapter allows anyone to quickly and easily test the working condition of any wall socket. Simply insert the Vilcus into the socket in question. Insert, here's the good part, insert two fingers <laughs> and the use becomes apparent instantly. Mm, it's like but, sticking your tongue to the bat- nine volt battery. Is it uh, is it European compliant? So the picture you've got to see the picture. This just looks wrong on so many levels. He's got this plastic adapter on the end of his index and middle finger of his right hand, and he's <laughs> about to insert it into an electrical outlet. You know, I did that with a key once. You don't even have to spend the twelve ninety nine. <laughs> well, I was much younger, and they weren't really functioning keys. They were, like, given to me. Here's something interesting over on the side of ThinkGeek. I, mm-hmm. I I haven't shopped at ThinkGeek too much, but you can change the quantity, add it to your cart, add it to your wish list, and then there's this small subtitle that says, Buy this and earn Russian geek points. <laughs> what is this? Would someone mind telling me more about these Russian geek points and how they differ from, say, normal geek points? I thought geek points were universal. Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) On our show, it is. And Craig finds one more thing in the Hacks and Strange Stories. Yes, I found one more thing, which I think is kind of cool. Everybody can appreciate the, the beauty of the DeLorean, right? 
Yes, the stainless steel car John DeLorean came out with in the early 80s featured in Back to the Future movies. All right, well, sans the flux capacitor, this guy has actually put in a rotary engine, which was, um, you know, pretty common in some old, uh, I think, was it late 70s, early 80s, people were experiencing, uh, some of these companies were experimenting with the rotary engines, and I think Mazda actually carried it. Yeah, Mazda in had the it in like the RX-7 RX for a two, long, long time. Seven. Yeah. RX-2, RX-7, yeah, that's what I meant. Because my parents actually had one, and I was uh, kind of, uh, I was, I'm not a big you know, car engine type person, but I was always fascinated by the rotary engine after I read about, or dad was telling me about it. And I just thought it was always kind of neat. Anyway, this guy had put one in this DeLorean. So it, it has a video of showing it and it's got 300 horsepower in this thing. It's very nice. And it actually looks black. It's I think he I, painted a DeLorean, which just isn't right in my book. Well, yeah, right there. I'm not sure about that, but Still, you can go see the video, and it's, they kind of have fun with it. And he talks about all the uh, more specifics. as the Wankel engine, you know, where it goes back, you know, kind of Wankels. <laughs> well, I mean, that Wankel, it kind of, you know, describes the engine right there. But anyway, it's cool. Go check it out. And if you like the DeLorean, you'll, you'll see. Go Wankel. Wankel is just one of those terms that shouldn't be used on a family-friendly podcast. It's kind of like saying dongle. Well, I kind of get the same feeling when I say Google something. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah another quick break we'll be right back all right will the computer guy <laughs> the man with his own voicemail show will the computer guy it's a voicemail from will the computer guy doesn't this guy have anything better to do we're just having fun, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Again. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. This is David Levy, amateur astronomer, lover of the night sky, and comet discoverer. You are listening to Chuck and Craig on Technorama. Welcome to Blockhead Video. Hey, where can I find some good information about music and TV and videos and things? Over here, in the media corner. And in the media corner, we've got... Uh, the first one is kind of rated PG-13. I don't recommend this for <laughs> little kids, but it shows the true power of Photoshop. And they take oh, really? a... Um, yeah, I think it's in speeded up vision. <laughs> but uh, they take um, what would equate to a uh, fairly attractive young lady, heavily overweight, and then uh, use Photoshop to slim her down in all proportions, add a little long hair, and you got yourself basically a uh, pinup. <laughs> hmm. That's you. interesting. I've seen some of these uh, uh, Photoshop um, things where not... Not exactly like this, but they do some stuff, and it's interesting to see uh, how somebody pulls some of that. At first, I thought it might be in reverse, but then when they started adding the hair and stuff, it looked a little more, you know, because I thought it would be easier to, you know, use the, what is it, the magnifier tool to bloat out certain areas, shall we say? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're using it in reverse, which would be very tricky to do if you didn't know what you're doing. So, yeah. kudos to whoever put that together, and thank you to Francois, a.k.a. Bookaroo, for sending that to us. Yes. 
Now, this is sent in by an old friend of mine who I need to give a call to. And if he's listening, I'm sorry I hadn't talked to you in a while. <laughs> but I will this week. But anyway, <laughs> that was that's kind of lame, isn't it, to apologize for that one the show. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> anyway, um, hopefully you'll hear from me before you hear the show. <laughs> but anyway, he sent in, um, it's a YouTube video, and I'm, you know, I would have put the audio in here, but it wouldn't have worked right because we would have been sued, and that's not going to be any fun for anybody. But it's the Smuggler's Blues from Don Henley. Uh, Glenn it's a Fry. video. I'm, <laughs> well, you know, they're the Eagles. One of those Eagles guys, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's got Schmidt, video cut in. Of, yeah, it's got a video cut in of Han Solo, which is kind of cool. <laughs> With the Smuggler's Blues playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, it's Star Wars night. What can you say? And you know what? They cut in all these little scenes that kind of go along with the song, so it's actually a pretty cool video. Cool. Yeah, that's very neat. All right, weren't we talking about movie sequels and follow-ups? Well, recently? yes, and that list was kind of lame. And I did start, uh, I think I started a wiki page about that. At any rate, here is... Um, it's movies.aol.com, and they have a list of the 25 best movie sequels of all time. Are we going through all of these? No, no, no. I'll okay. just highlight a few. But they, uh, Die Hard 2 was in there, which, yeah. yes, I think I think that was as good as I'd any qualify other. that. Yeah, Christmas Vacation is at number 24, yep. and let me skip up a couple, which Christmas Vacation, I think, was awesome. Well, no, you can't skip Road Warrior. No, Road Warrior. Okay. Before Sunset, I have no idea. I guess it is. Yeah. And number 21 is yeah. Return of the Jedi. Right. Which, which you know, yeah, yeah, I like Return of the Jedi because it has the original characters in it and original, I, some of the original feel, but I think Empire is I thought that was a better sequel, too. It, yeah, and then, of course, there we go, Wrath of Khan. Yep. So, anyway, I don't want to go any further too much without, you know, because there's a lot of them here. But you can go and check it out. And they go all the way back. There's some black and whites in there. and Plenty of sci-fi in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, we won't and consume I'll, the rest of the show with a list of 25. Yeah. Now, here's a video. It's actually Tim Bruce who does, like, the the newer Superman and Batman and the Justice League. Go, 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 new Justice Team. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not that one. No, not the new Justice Team. Who's no, the but... newest Justice Team? The new Justice Team. <laughs> well, Did you anyway. ever listen to the worst of that song? Yeah, it's kind of lame. They're but funny. It is uh, funny, yes. Funny. I, mean, I mean, yes, it's funny, but it's like... Sorry, new... we slipped into Futurama reference again, if you didn't catch yeah. that. Anyway, so this is an this is kind of like an interview. I'm, I suspect it's off the DVD or something like that, but it's at YouTube, and it's the look of the Justice League, the newer version, which you know I really like the the new Justice League. I think it's it's pretty cool because you get to see all the characters, and then they show they always have in the background or off to the side. Sometimes in the story, you know the some of the heroes that you saw in the Justice League comic books. So they're pulling like stuff out and I'm like whoa you know there's so and so you know in the story which is really cool anyway you can go see some of their design ideas and philosophies he talks about those and it's in a short video Tim Bruce is the man I'm sorry Bruce Tim is the man 
Did I just say Tim Bruce the whole time? Bruce Tim. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain's working about as well as mine tonight, so it's a great technorama night. Yeah, I guess so. Last link in the media corner. Yeah. If you go here, and I found this via My Extra Life, and there is a picture of Harvey Dent, who is in uh, the, um, the district DA, or the DA, just, you know, district attorney, in Batman. Well, if you go here, it shows this picture that everybody's been kind of buzzing about, mm-hmm. but it'll fade out, and you get to, get to see a picture of the Joker from the new Batman film. It kind of reminds me of um, Tammy Faye Baker. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tammy Faye. You know, I got I got a story about I her. I still like Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yes, but this is going to be a little different. We're Aren't getting right? old, Craig. Yes, That's now are. an old movie. What? The original Batman. Oh, original Batman, yeah. That's, that's like 18 years old now. 18? Came on 89. Or was it 90? I need, I need a drink. You go IMDB. Yeah, see, we're getting old. <laughs> okay, all you, right. You, you can IMDB that. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with... Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> what, take a break or to find out how old that movie really, really is? Both. <laughs> <laughs> the caffeinated one says, 18 years old, it could vote. <laughs> yeah, still can't drink. We'll be right back. Mr. Turtle, how many keystrokes does it take to get to the ring zero center of an operating system pipe? I never found out without baiting. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many keystrokes does it take to get to the ring zero center of an operating system pipe? Let's find out. One, two, three, three. How many licks does it take to get to the ring zero center of an operating system pop? The world may never know. Hi, this is Grant Imahara from Mythbusters. And misconfirmed, you're listening to Chuck and Craig on Technorama. And before we go into Geek Library, Craig has a bit of interest. This whole social networking thing is actually starting to work for him. Yes, it's actually working. <laughs> Didn't we just have a geek thoughts about that? Mm, yeah. yeah, I think on the last show you said. <laughs> actually, this is what got me thinking about it. No, uh, a <laughs> guy named Doug, he's in my, my Rock Hill Flickr group. Um, and, you know, I've been watching him post pictures. He actually participates in the 365 group where. They have to take their own picture once a day. Okay. You know, post it in there. Well, he takes more. They take more than one, but they actually submit one per day. He's done some interesting things with some of his. You know, like taking them out some places. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But you can you can go. I'll put a link to his uh, his flickers and his flicker pictures and the shares. Anyway, I met him in person in Meat Space. Meat Space. <laughs> yeah, right off the net into Meat Space. It was kind of neat. We just hung around downtown Rock Hill and walked around and talked for a couple hours taking pictures and all that. So it was kind of neat to actually meet somebody. And I told him, I said, this kind of weird at first because it's like I see you actually moving and not standing still. 
in a picture. <laughs> that's that's kind of like when you first hear a podcaster call you on the telephone yeah. or something. Hey, you're talking to me instead of at me. Don't you belong uh, in a little white box instead of a little black box? And the expo was when that happened because we were all like, you, know, you were walking around with a blindfold because you couldn't recognize people. anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so and so. You people sound a whole lot better than you look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was your motto that week, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't want to see you people. You ruin it. You ruin it. Make it stop. You've got a face for podcasting. <laughs> oh, well. But no, it was great to see him. I'll stick a, um, a link to his account and you can go check it out. But he said he does, uh, he did some, he went to, um, the, it's a big joke around here. Uh, down in Columbia on Bull Street, there's the insane asylum type mental hospital. Excuse me. Um, I keep thinking of Arkham Asylum when I when I think about that place. But he went down there and took some pictures of that, and it was kind of neat to see. It's kind of eerie, but and you can go find those in this in this Flickr group as well. Cool. Yeah. And thanks to Yorga, we have one link in the Geek Library. This is to the ASCII Movie Player sample on developer.apple.com. I have seen this before. This is kind of cool. This is version 1.03 posted, oh, good couple of years ago, so it's quite likely that everybody's seen this by now. But, hey, you know, it's like Technorama to pass on the old stuff once in a while, too. You know, does this does this play, um, say, bring back the glory of the days of the demonstration and render QuickTime movies in the OSX terminal? That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you pull are... up a terminal window, and it will yeah. translate. Do you remember seeing those, like, static pictures of the Mona Lisa? Where they yeah. where they'd use characters. Well, this is a moving representation of that. So it looks like something out of the Matrix. Uh, at first it does, but then you can start to make out faces and things. You, you know, at first all around. I just saw was characters. Now I just see red blonde head and whatever <laughs> red heads, blondes, and brunettes. <laughs> yeah, it's still going to be whatever your terminal settings are. Uh, mine, <laughs> mine are typical green screen colors, green characters on a really? black background. You know what? I want to say I have found that iTerm is an awesome little program. Forget the terminal program in OSX. iTerm is an awesome replacement. How many times do you actually use the terminal program? A lot. I, mean, I use a lot, man. Okay. And tell me the advantages real quickly. Since we are in the Geek Library, this only makes sense. Well, you know, it's going to change once Leopard comes out, but this has tabs, um, it's a little more customizable than the regular terminal, so you know you can do uh, you make it trans. It's kind of transparent. This you know this little nitpicky stuff that I would rather have than the regular terminal is just kind of basic, you know. But okay. the tabs are big. The tabs are big. So it's like, I'll open it up. I'll SSH into a box or something like that, and then I'll have another tab maybe doing something else. I don't know, but I'm just saying. Uh, sometimes I wrote like for example the. Um, the sensing thing with the enhanced podcast that I made. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a command line script, you know, that you actually run. So here again, use the terminal for that. You don't have to use iTerm. I'm oh, just I was going to say iTerm doesn't really play a major factor in that. No, but it, aesthetically, it's a lot better. Um, okay, you can execute commands at the top. It, it, it's, there's some features in there you, you might like. It's free. I mean, come on. Yeah, can't be free. Go it's check it trial. out. It's not like you yeah. spend a whole lot of money. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. But before we take off, I want to remind everybody once more that May 25th is Towel Day. We appreciate yes. you taking a picture of you with your towel if you are a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. Yep. If you aren't, that's this Friday. This Friday. May 25th. So go join our Technorama Flickr group. 
So Friday comes, I want some and be up and tag them. And there's also a um, um, a towel day group as well. But I want to you know get them in both groups. You can yep. have pictures to more than one group. So I want to get a big showing from all the Technorama fans. And be sure to put like you know Technorama or something like that in the in the description as well. Also, want to mention a couple of shout outs. We've gotten some PR out there in the potosphere. Tom Pose, who for his mention on technology perspectives, we were talking about time and the Swatch thing last week, and that kind of inspired a discussion that uh, he went on and and did on technology perspectives. So if you want to give a listen to that, have a listen. He did did that based on what we were talking about? Yeah. Sweet. Somebody was listening. (laughs) (laughs) Proof. Yeah. Also, a couple other sightings of... uh, of me on the internet, Variant Frequencies podcast with Rick Stringer and his team asked me to do a read for the character of Lucifer on a recent show called Firstborn. <laughs> you know, it was really interesting. You uh, you could have taken Lucifer that way, but I decided to go more of the suave... Uh, you know, Harvey Cattell type. <laughs> not, to, not to mention Jack Nicholson twice in one show, but that was just a strange coincidence. But that's kind of the mental attitude I had in mind. Uh when when I did this, because he's he's mm. you know trying to be conniving, uh, not that I study satanic stuff, but you know, what are you gonna do? Also, hey, there's always the, the internet. Uh, there's the internet. You can study it without having anybody know. Without being an authority, everybody's an authority on the internet, right? Plus, everybody knows. And also, of course, the uh, readings in the Bill Above Battings in the case of the Singing Sword. You can find both of those in the show note links. Thank you very much, T. Morris and Rick Stringer, for giving me the opportunity to uh, try new things. And, uh, you know, don't know if I'm an actor or not, but it certainly is fun to play the part. <laughs> I'm not an actor, but I play one on podcasts. And you know what? If you play our show backwards, you'll hear Tech Chuck Demise is the devil. <laughs> We've already done that one. <laughs> Also want to let you know that next weekend is a holiday weekend in the United States. It is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we will be traveling and away from the microphones and things for a while. But we will have a special interview coming out on the feed, an interview with Richie Kohler. If you remember about a year ago, we did an interview with John Chatterton from Deep Mm -hmm. Sea Detectives. This is his partner, Richie, and Richie has a completely different role on many of these trips, and uh, also a different personality comes through. I did have my parents in the studio to join me for this. Uh, they were yeah, very, that's that's all you need is three Tomasis in one show. We're ganging up on you. <laughs> oh, crap. Three generations of podcasters. Can anyone else say that yet? Wait, three generations of podcasters? My parents, I, me, I guess they inherited the podcasting moniker when they showed up on the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ask questions, we answer them. No. Finally, they got something from you. <laughs> <laughs> More than happy to do it, because they are fans of Deep Sea Detectives and uh, the book Shadow Divers. Hey, do your parents normally listen to the show? Once in a while. When I, when I point them to an interview or something. Oh, not like, here, listen to what Craig said. That was funny. No, no, they don't come back with that stuff. <laughs> they wouldn't believe it anyway. <laughs> If you want to get in contact with us, don't forget there's always the listener line at 206-222-CHAT. That's 206-222-2428. You can email us an audio clip or just a regular good old text email at technorama at chuckchat.com. Website, as always, for all that good stuff. 
is at www.chuckchat.com for the forum, swag, webcam, mail list, show notes, and much, much more. I want to give a special thanks to Mad Marv, who provides all the great blog content during the week. If you're not subscribed to the full RSS feed, you're missing great stuff because mm-hmm. we've had some uh, great discussions going on just in the comments section. What was it this last week? Um Band names. We were taking on the discussion yeah. from the last Geek show. Band Geek band names. And they came great discussion. Yeah, Geek Band Names, uh, some of the ones that were submitted. Uh, uh the first one was for me, the floppies. Well, I started out, I said, here's some seed ideas. Yeah. I said Greek geek band names that I was thinking of on the way to work. FTP, Flicker, Frontside Bus, 42. <laughs> and of course everybody and, and, came back with much better ideas than that. Nah, not a band. I, actually, you know what? I wanted to call one, name a free beer, but that wouldn't be really a geek band. But free I'm just going to do free beer. You came up with a with, with something that not, nobody would want to admit called the floppies. <laughs> well, look, think of it this way: if you name your band Free Beer, so when they put the put you on the sign out in front of the bar or free wherever beer, you're playing, Tuesday night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, I put the floppies on there. Nab, not a band. Um, Pixel pushers or bit movers. Yeah, that's pretty good. Base sixty four. Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty nice. Syntax error. <laughs> I thought an oldies band called Fortran would be good. Yeah, Fortran, old Fortran. And Shadowbird just went absolutely nuts. He had him <laughs> yeah. categorized: nerd death metal, critical miss, <laughs> Schrodinger's cat, big crunch, BSOD. <laughs> BSOD. In the nerdcore genre. DJ Singularity in the Event Horizons. The controversial <laughs> B.I.G. Bang. <laughs> M.C. Escher and W.E.B. 2.0. Actually, I could go for the Escher. M.C. Escher, he'd be more like a rapper, wouldn't he? <laughs> and then finally, under the MC punk Escher, category, we have Red, Ship, Red Shift, Warp 11, Restaurant at the Edge of the Universe, and my personal favorite out of this entire list, I gotta admit, is the Vogon mm. Poets. <laughs> If you if you actually endure the entire show, you will die a horrible death and wish you had died previously. That's going to take us to the very, very end of the show. And having re-refinished this show, <laughs> this show is a proud member of Friends in Tech. You can find out more at friendsintech.com. Audio streaming provided by Scott Reynolds every Sunday night. If you happen to be around, you can also join us in the chat room at irc.freenode.net. <laughs> Oh, I almost made it through the whole thing. If you're getting this show the old-fashioned way by clicking on the website and listening to it manually, that's a good way to do it. But we do have better ways, newer technologies, to have it automatically delivered to you. God, the tongue just went on strike. I think my parking meter ran out or something. That's right. We're having all kinds of fun trying to finish this thing up. Thank you for listening. As always, tell a friend about Technorama, and we'll try to stagger through the next show a little bit hey, better next time for you. Hey, I got one more band name for you. Yeah. How about the binary high fives? I like it. Just call yeah. them 101. That's right. 101. 101. Join us next time, and uh, thanks for listening once again. All right. Bye, y'all. On this
this auspicious occasion, let the horn of eternity cut a thunderous blast. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Her name was Leia. She was a princess. With a Danish on each ear and Darth Vader drawing near. So R2D2 found Ben Kenobi. Obi-Wan. He'd have to put the Death Star plans into the Rebellion's hands. So Luke and Obi-Wan had to get to Alderaan. So they stopped into Mos Eisley to have a drink with Han at the Star Wars. Star Wars Cantina. The weirdest creatures you've ever seen. His name was Solo. Han Solo. He was a pilot with a blaster at his side and a smile 12 parsecs wide there with Chewbacca. He was a Wookiee. They met with Luke and Obi-Wan about the Millennium Falcon docking bay 94. 94. Stormtroopers at the door with a flash of Ben's lightsaber. Now there's an arm on the floor at the Star Wars. You've ever seen a at the Star Wars, Star Wars Cantina. Music and blasters and old Jedi masters at the Star Wars. Us, ice in space, you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. You must be cautious. His name was Yoda, he was a Muppet. Dad, Luke kissed his sister His hand got cut off In that galaxy far, far away Luke has had a lousy day Boba Fett was so mean Jabba had bad hygiene Why didn't they all just relax Back on Tatooine At the Star Wars Star Wars Cantina The weirdest creatures you've ever seen At the Star Wars Star Wars Cantina will be with you always. <laughs>